Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. A vision. To be inspired and be stirred of what and who you can be tomorrow. Then time passes maybe even years pass, like Abraham and Sarah, and your inabilities and your limitations seem to contradict the promises of God or the dream God's give you or the vision. In our text, Abraham, I go childless, God, you're making all of these statements about my descendants and offspring. Count the stars. But I go childless. And then he asks a great question in Genesis 15, 8. Uh, Maybe you've asked God this question. God, this troubles me. And he says, how shall I know that I will inherit. How shall I know God? I hear what you, I've felt, I've been inspired. But how shall I know this that you've promised me? Have you ever been there? God, how can this be? I look at myself, I look at my talents, my giftings, my abilities, my resources. And all I see is contradiction to your promises. I want to minister this morning on how shall I know. Genesis 15, beginning verse 5. Then God brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you are able. He's speaking to Abraham to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord, who brought you up out of the Ark of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him, and he cut them in two down the middle, placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down and a deep sleep fell upon Abram, behold, a horror and a great darkness fell upon him. He said to Abram, 
God said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. They will serve them. They will afflict them 400 years. He's talking about when they went into Egypt as slaves. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterward, and they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark. Behold, there appeared a smoking. Smoking. One says a flax, an oven. A burning torch that passed between these pieces. And on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham your descendants I have given this land from the river Euphrates to the great or river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. How shall I know? God, we come this morning by your blood, the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would save the sinners, the lost. You bind up the brokenhearted, set at liberty those that are bruised, open prison doors to those who are bound. God, I pray, give revelation and understanding to these people today in Jesus' name. In response to Abram's question, how shall I know? God said, I want you to bring me a sacrifice. You really want to know spiritual truths? Sacrifice is the test of how real you are. Is it all just talk? You really mean, is it just a game? Verse 9, he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old, and he said, Cut them in two down the middle, each piece opposite. to." Bring me a sacrifice, Abram. Something has to die for you to know. That's what the cross is all about. Take up your cross, Jesus said, and follow me. The cross will cost you something. Abraham, you want to know, if you want revelation, Abraham, if you want to understand me, how bad do you want to know? This makes the altar more than just a religious piece of furniture in the middle of a church or at the front. This makes it more than just ritual or ceremony. The altar was a place of sacrifice. Things had to be surrendered to God. Had to be laid on the altar. Things had to die. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fallen to the ground and died, abides alone. But if it will, it will reproduce many fold. Paul asked this same question basically. That I may know Him. I want to know God in Philippians 3.10. That I may know Him in the power of His resurrection. In the fellowship of His sufferings. I want to be conformed to His death. What a prayer. It's one thing to pray the prayer. But it's another thing to lay it on the altar and live it. You know, it's one thing to pray prayers, another thing to live them. Amen. 
Amen, Pastor Campbell. How bad do you want to know him? That's the question. Bring a three-year-old heifer. Cut your three-year-old personal dream in half. Cut your plans right down the middle. Your desires, your family altar. You worship at the altar of family. Your identity, your cool identity. Cut it right down the middle and lay it on the altar. Your image, this is the day of the social media. All about images. I've seen some of these makeovers that they've showed me. I didn't even recognize who it was. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> lay your friends on the altar. Lay your money on the altar. In other words, if you're going to know God, you've got to get some skin in the game. Not just words, not just good intentions, not just ideas. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament filled with revelation. And he said these words in Philippians 3.8, Yet indeed I also, I count all things lost, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count those things as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, that I may know Jesus Christ. You read his story, beaten, persecuted, live, stoned, prison, shipwreck, snake bitten. I mean, the list goes on and on. A rich young ruler ran to Jesus and he had all the right words. He knelt before him. A picture of respect. Good teacher. He had all the right words. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And you think, wow, amazing. Jesus said, sell all you have. Give to the poor. Come follow me. I want you to get some skin in the game. The man went away sorrowful. You never hear of this man again. I wonder if he thought, wait, 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 wait. Gee, what did you just say? Lay it all down? Forsake it all? Walk away from it all? What's your all this morning? That God says, if you really want to know me, you've got to lay this down got to sacrifice this to me what's your all this morning because right here is where you get to know him sacrifice positions you to know God revelation is more than just knowledge it's more than just quoting a scripture it's purchased it's paid for at the altar of surrender and now it's yours personally. Old statement, truth is more caught than taught. It's purchased at the altar of obedience. Just a few more chapters down the road in Abraham's life. Listen to this, Genesis 22.1. God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. And the thought in the Hebrew, Lord, I'm listening. I'm not just listening, though. I'm ready to do whatever you say. Just speak to me. Probably the crowning moment of Abraham's life, the crowning test. Uh, 
And God did speak in Genesis 22 too. He said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering. I want you to make a sacrifice on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. What's your only? Only one. That makes it incredibly valuable, precious. It's not like you've got 10 or 20 or even two. The only one. I want you to take your only son. What's your only? That God says, if you lay that down before me, that which is so valuable to you, that which you hold on, that which is, I mean, you. God says, I'll take you to another dimension. Abraham, what's your only this morning? Your only sport, your only savings, your only cell phone that you're addicted to. Praise the Lord. Your only child. God says, I want them for the nations. Whom you love. Whom you love. You love this activity. You love this image you've created. You love this person. Do you want to know him enough to go all in and say, God, 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 anything, 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 anything. God, I'll lay it all down. You can't play it safe. You can't hide from God right here and expect to know him. Abraham takes Isaac, his son. You know the story, Genesis 22. Abraham built an altar and he bound Isaac to the altar. Talk about sacrifice. Talking about leaving your comfort zone. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife. And the angel of God stopped him right there. And he said these incredible words. He lifted Abraham's eyes. And he looked and behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham took the ram in place of his son and he offered that ram as a burnt offering, a sacrifice. And he called the place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. At the place of sacrifice, he caught a revelation of who God is. That had never before been spoken about God in the Bible. When you sacrifice and surrender and lay things precious to you on the altar, you become a candidate for revelation. Now, it's not just religion, but it's personal. God shows up when you sacrifice. He'll take you to a place you've never been before. What was before hidden and clouded, uh, not clear, 
God, you're talking about all these descendants and uh, seed and children like the star. I don't have one. And Sarah and I are getting older and older. Abraham's bumping 100 before they ever have Isaac. She's 90. New convert. Standing on a street corner. Had no clue about God. I knew I was saved and been saved a couple of months. These biker friends came, about 20 of them, and they're there. It's a Saturday. They're all getting ready to ride. I got saved in February. This is about the end of April. It's starting the midway, and I'll never forget it. Bob Sullivan's there. Gene Bradley's there. These guys, Benny Pierce, these guys are there. And they say, come on, man, just ride with us. Just ride with us. And I knew what that meant. And I'll never forget, I said, I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you. Oh, you don't have to drink or just ride with us. No, no, I'm just riding. And I said, I'm going to sell my bike. I didn't mean to say it. I don't know why I said it. After I said it, I thought, why did you say that? That's your image. You should get on that thing. You can ask Connie. 800 demons got on there with me. No. <laughs> and I know everybody rides a bike's not like that. We got people, but that was me. Something broke in the spirit realm. You could feel it. Gambler friend of mine, Franklin D. Webb, he's dead today. He's standing there beside me. He had just got saved too. And they turned. I remember I looked to the And if you've ever heard that sound and had all of that power, strapped to you. It's addictive. And I turned to walk down the street. I had not cried one tear or anything since I'd been saved. Even when I got saved, tears began to run. And God whispered to me, my son, if you'll be faithful, I'll cause you to preach in the nations. I have preached in nations I didn't even know existed. I couldn't spell the name of a nation. And God, it was that sacrifice. Curtains pulled back. God, I said, I'll show you. I'll show you. Took me to places I never dreamed of. Never entered my mind. And that's not just true of me. That's true of you. Just like it was true of Abraham. God has things caught in the bush for you. Just like Abraham. But you'll never see it. Without the sacrifice. There's another dimension to sacrifice. It has to be defended. It's one thing to make a commitment to God. It's one thing to lay something on the altar. It's one thing to say, God, here, here, here. But it's another thing to keep it. I'll cut off this old, these biker friends and I witnessed to them. I would help them. Some of them still living. But I didn't run with them anymore. I remember pouring out the alcohol, getting rid of the drugs, uh, 
was sacrificing a part of my life. But it's one thing to do that. One thing to sell my back, another thing not to go buy another one a few years down the road. It's one thing to start tithing. It's another thing 58 years later still be tithing. Amen? You have to defend your sacrifice. In our text, verse 11, when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. When the vultures came, any commitment you make to God, somewhere demonic vultures, the devourers, will come to carry that away, to make it of no avail. Malachi 3.11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake if you bring your tithe and offering. Jesus talked about a seed that fell on good soil or, or on the wayside soil. But the Bible says in Matthew 13, 4, he sowed some and it fell on the wayside, but the birds came and devoured them. The nature of the demonic, wherever you surrender, wherever you lay things, God, I sacrifice. Hell will say, oh yeah? And he'll send the demonic to consume it. Wipe it away. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He'll send foul thoughts. You make a sacrifice, a commitment to God. Uh, these foul thoughts will come. It's not worth it. What are you doing? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? I remember right when I made that commitment about my bike, I turned and I said, what have you done? I mean, I was barely walking away and already vultures were coming. What are you going to do? How can you live without that machine? Consume it. These thoughts... You can't do that. Oh, that, that's not for you. It's not working for you. You can tell it's foul. It's a devour when there's no faith in it. There's no hope. There's no God in it. There's no Bible. There's no encouragement. There's no sacrifice. Eve is in the garden. There's a tree in the midst of a garden. God told Adam and Eve, everything, don't touch this one. This one's dedicated to me. This one is committed to me. And the demonic, the devil, the serpent, Lucifer came and brought these foul, devouring thoughts. Conversation with Eve. Oh, listen. Surely God has not said that. Listen, let me, this tree will make you wise. You'll be like God. And the Bible said she took and ate and gave to her husband and he did eat. Much of the demonic temptation is to get you to take back what you've committed and surrendered and sacrificed to God. What you've laid on the altar, the call of God, ministry. 
purpose. Devil will orchestrate people in your life to pull on you to get you to violate your sacrifice. You've heard me tell the story. I said, Connie, baby, we're not going to drink and party anymore. No more drugs, no more alcohol, no more vodka, baby. It's over, finished, done. She loved vodka. <laughs> I was a black label man myself, but anyway. I mean, we're new converts. Guess what? My brother, 10 years older than I am, showed up. Still in the military. He was career military, Navy. Both arms with alcohol. Could barely knock on the door. He's already. I'll never forget. I opened the door and I said, Sonny. I had no clue. Those, no cell phone. I had no idea. He, was, he starts in. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I love you, but you're not bringing that in my house. Oh, I just a few months made this commitment to God. And here it comes right in my face of my brother, older brother. Oh, you're too good for your brother now, are you? I heard you got religion. Remember me, I bought you your first baseball mitt. I bought you your first uh, Levi's. I used to send money home to mom for you. It was all true. And now you're too good for me. You say, I can't even. No, I didn't say you couldn't come in my house. I said, you can't bring that in my house. I got saved. I got born. And, and no doubt in my mind, if I would have allowed him to do that, Connie and I wouldn't be here today. Bible says avoid the very appearance of evil. My point is though, listen, hell and the demonic will orchestrate people. And I love my brother. You know how he died? He died with a half quart empty uh, Seagram's by the bed. Had an aneurysm. Connie and I went to St. Louis where Tory's from uh, to uh, Barnes Hospital. He was, he, he fell off a bar stool and the doctor said, listen, if you keep drinking, there's nothing but alcohol in your blood. You're a walking dead man. And he killed him. Going to have to defend the sacrifice. Your surrenders, your commitments. Going to have to fight to keep it there until the Lord accomplishes hell will also orchestrate the spiritual climate in our text it's interesting these spiritual conditions that'll come to cause you to question your commitment now it was in verse 12 the sun was going down and a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold horror and a great darkness fell upon fear and insecurity intimidation and everything begin to challenge this sacrifice uncertainty what were you thinking making this kind of commitment to God there are men and women here God I'll go anywhere 
God, I'll preach it. God, you just sit. God, I'll go anywhere. God, I'll go anywhere. God, I'll give it all. I'll lay it all down. And then this, this darkness and this horror. Sometimes, are you crazy? You've got a good job. You've got a career. you got this. you got that. Joseph in the Old Testament had a dream. But that dream had to survive 20 years of slavery and prison and his own family selling him dark days. It's one thing to make the sacrifice. It's one thing to speak those words that so move the heart of God. But it's another thing to defend it and fight for it. Let me close. Because right here is where you see God. Right here is where revelation becomes personal. It's not just me preaching. It's not just the Bible. It's not someone else's testimony. The Bible says, And it came to pass when the sun went down, God showed up. There appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces. If you don't know anything about God, our God is a consuming fire, holy ghost and fire. This fire was God represented walking right down the middle of their commitment and their surrender. And God begins to speak. Listen, we serve a speaking God. He is a speaking God. I've been to India numerous, numerous times. Those pastors there, Mark and Carol, missionaries there, different ones here, and their their temples are covered. You've probably seen pictures. Some of these people been there on outreach, covered with millions of God, but not one of them can speak. They're deaf and dumb. They cannot walk. Bible says in our text 18 on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying we serve a speaking God. Jesus says he who has ears to hear let him hear. Revelations 2.29 he who has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Right here everything begins to be so real and so true. When, when God, that fire and torch begin to move, I'm telling you, in my mind, something happened in Abraham's heart. Breakthrough, revelation, destiny, calling. Everything changes. Now it's not just count the stars. It's not just words of descendants and inheritance. It becomes so real become so real. I remember when God called me. Different times right down the street here in the old Washington Street when we were there. And God said, son, I'm going to place you. I'm going to put you in Malaysia. Some of you have heard that voice. It was so real. I called Pastor Mitchell. I ran home and told Connie. God said, I'm going to put you in Malaysia. I'm going to put you, this Muslim country today, this great move of God. Some of you preach there. Nations come in every year in May and June, this big rally. Some of you have rapped there. There's been drama teams and, and, and music have gone there. It was just a word. It was just a word. 
change the course of my life. That's not just true of me. That's true of many, many here. Pastor James and Christina, through three months before our conference, Pastor, we got to talk to you. We got to talk to you. We got to talk to you. I thought, oh, we'll be over in 30 minutes. I thought, my Lord, what's going on? You're a pastor and people call you and say that. You're, you know, what in the world? I mean, this must be. And I'll never forget they're sitting there in my living room. I had no clue. Pastor Tory been talking to me over a year wanting to go to the mission field. Pastor, we want to go. We want to go. I said, listen, you better pray. You've got to have somebody come in here. Him and Stacia praying. I'd hear him praying. I'd hear him praying in, in the mornings when we're in the prayer room. James looked at me and said, Pastor, God spoke to Christine and I. We want to come on staff if you'll have us. You heard him preach last Sunday night, I believe it was. I became too comfortable. Too comfortable in Glendale. Too comfortable. Some of you don't realize what it is to be an assistant, especially if you've had successful ministry. It's difficult. It's not easy. Christine's nodding at me. <laughs> Being the assistant's wife's not easy either. <laughs> and and I, most all of you, I've everybody on staff and I so appreciate you but I it's not easy but listen that's where God shows up that's where God shows up and God begins to speak said to you and your descendants I've given the land from the river of Egypt to the river Euphrates and you're going to out of your loins are going to come a multitude. Oh, I know you don't have any children now. Count the stars. God found a man. He could populate the earth with his people. The Jews and the church. Abraham's the father of our faith. What about you? What do you need to sacrifice that God can populate the earth through you? God can speak to you. How many I wonder here, God saying, I show you, I have so much more to show you. Take you, involve you, move through you. If you just, just lay it on the altar. Jesus, Matthew 10, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. But he who will lose his life for my sake and the gospel will find it. You want to find your life? You've got to lose it in Christ. Right here is where everything begins to fall into place. All the pieces begin to come together. For Abraham, for you, for me. I wonder, is God speaking to you? What are you holding back? God, not this, not this, not this. Not this, God, not this. Not this person. Not this activity. Not this image. Not this item. 
I can't, I'm, no, don't, no, don't even go there, God. And the problem is, you'll never know him like you could have. How shall I know? I ask you to bow your head with me this morning. Oh. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,